For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Now launching SECQB in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. All right, guys, welcome back. Another week, another episode, SECQB, presented by Bet Online and Believe. Uh, BetOnline.ag has joined us and is supporting the show here. Uh, you can head over to their website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. God, that felt good to do that. I don't know why. Um, it was flawless. <laughs> Are you shitting me? It's amazing. Oh, um, <laughs> back for another week. We got our main man Zach back with us this week. Zach, good to have you back. We know you had uh, some conflicts last week. We definitely missed you. I uh, I botched some some game locations, but other than that, me and Carter kind of held it down. I felt like, but uh, Carter back in the studio as always. Thanks for being here, brother. With the ukulele. Um, this week, we got a special guest joining us. Uh, former Auburn Tigers standout tackle, uh, longtime nine-year NFL vet with the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Diego Chargers. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. King Dunlap. Thanks for joining us, King. Uh, thanks for having me, folks. Thanks for having me. Been looking for, listen, I've been been watching for a while. Been looking forward to joining you guys. So I'm glad, must have said, when you hit me up to join, I was uh, you know more than excited to say yes. I love it. See, that's just a Nashville guy looking out for another Nashville guy. Um, but King, dude, I'm starting off hot. What the hell's up with Auburn? New coach. Uh, I don't know. They got the win, so you know it's it was ugly. By, but hey, by one or a hundred, right? By one or a right. hundred. I mean, was, do you um, think do you think there's calls for concern when it gets you know deeper into? I mean, like this week, LSU. You think there's calls for concern with those guys? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, it, it does help, uh, you know, that y'all are kind of struggling right now, too. Um, you know, it's not, you know, I think this game's going to end up turning out to be a really good game because both Me teams too. are kind of getting struggle wins. And, you know, it's kind of just not really a down year. It's just kind of a, you know, we got a new head coach, new system. The one thing I am positive about for us is Harson hiring Bobo and Derek Mason, two former SEC head coaches as coordinators. That's like... You know, you couldn't. It's hard to find two better hires as coordinators coming being new to the SEC. So that's couldn't one thing agree that more. Me, like I'm, you know, it gives me hope. Um, you know, especially with him coming from Boise. So it's you know, new system. Uh, you know, Bo got benched, which you know, it's kind of been split half and half on. Some people love him. You know, some people kind of been waiting for it. Um, the family kid from LSU, you know, came in and won it for him. I don't know who's. You know, they're probably going to have the. Both of them are probably going to play this week. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if Bo's going to start, but 
it's like I said, having a new coach, um, you know, it's all there's always gonna be some struggles with kind of you know, new coach and you know, yeah. some turnover. I was, I was saying defenses. that, you know, I I I kind of you know iterated that when we started the season. Um, you know, not a lot of head coaches have like the security to hire another guy who is a head coach, right? Because right. usually they think, oh man, I got this guy. He's succeeded. He's failed. This is my first time. I don't want that pressure. I don't want to look over my back because if I get fired, they're going to hire him. You know, that spoke volumes to me when Harson did that because Mason's a great defense coordinator. Obviously, things at Vandy, I mean, that's an impossible battle for anybody. It's Vandy. And and Bobo with his SEC experience at Georgia and head coaching at Colorado State, you know, I definitely think, uh, you know, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but if they stick with Harson, I think Auburn's going to be back to the, to the Campbell Cadillac Ronnie days. Um, so speaking on that, uh, what was your favorite team? Was it the Auburn team you played for? Was it the Eagles chargers? What was the fam- favorite team? All right. And I got to have like your all time story. I've been blessed to be on some really good teams. Um, you know, two of the jerseys y'all can see behind me. Um, and that 2010 team in Philly was, was pretty fun too. But um, I have to do say that that 04 team in in all in college in Auburn was probably yeah, that team was stacked. Like per talent per age group, that was probably the best team I ever played on. That's my favorite team because probably more so because of college and it was just that college atmosphere. Um, you know, it's grinding and you know it's not you know your own scholarship. You're not getting paid and it's just yeah. more you know it's more grit, more gumption, and more about being with the guys. So um, definitely that 04 team. I mean, like you said, I mean, you're all hungry in college, right? Once guys yeah. get paid, you know, it just kind of changes the whole team dynamic, right? And real quick, could you just name a couple of guys that was on that team just so everyone knows how, like, this team could have beat a couple NFL teams that year? No doubt. Yeah, I was on the NFL team um, in college for two years. I would have start, you know, Ronnie Brown, Cadillac, Jason Campbell, Carlos Rogers, Marcus McNeil, Ben Grubbs. That's like what? That's six. That's six Pro Bowlers right there, right? Yeah, and and five first rounders. So, um, you and know, McNeil. Myself, I guess I throw myself you, in there, but um, um, yeah, like I said, I got um, I made it. Like I said, I was the that year the draft class for the Eagles. Deshaun Jackson, who he's still out there playing, just caught another eighty yard bomb. He was the first pick, and I was the last pick in our draft class, and we were the last two in the league playing out of that draft class for the Eagles. So. Um, you know, even though he's still rocking, um, you know, I shut it down a few years ago. Yeah, dude, that guy's ageless. All right, King. So I needed the story. 04 team. Let's hear it. 2004. Go undefeated. Beat UT in the SC championship game, which is why we didn't go to the national championship game because we ended up beating them twice in the same year. And that's back when we had the computers and they docked us 0.02 points below Oklahoma, who didn't even win the Big 12 that year. But we'll, you know, whatever. We'll you don't sound bitter that, so. at all. <laughs> <laughs> right, Me, so. bitter? About being the only undefeated SEC team and not playing that championship game? No, that's not. Dude, that doesn't I, still sting at 36 years old, no. And, then, yeah. and that national championship ring would be looking good on that finger right now. Oh, man. Yeah, it would. If sorry, I, you know, sorry to bring up source subjects. So, <laughs> back to the story. The story, yeah. So we ended up going to the Sugar Bowl that year, in New Orleans. Um, Sugar Bowl was on the fourth, so Coach Tub gave us. Uh, we didn't have curfew for New Year's, 
um, down in New Orleans. And we stayed down in the Sheraton, whatever it was. I was right down there by Bourbon Street. So um, being down in New Orleans for New Year's, um, we threw our little bowl fits on, our Auburn gear, you know, the BCS Sugar Bowl. And, um, you know, we hit Bourbon Street for the night for New Year's, man. Just went up and down Bourbon Street having a good time. Ended up uh, running to some guys from Virginia Tech. Uh, shout out to Daryl Tapp, one of my former teammates. Um, and we ended up uh, seeing Vince Vaughn while we were out. One of my teammates hollered out, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. And <laughs> we ended up in in the, in Hustler with Vince Vaughn up in VIP, having a good time, bringing in the new year, man. Bringing in 2005 with a bang. Um, hanging out with Vince Vaughn down in New Orleans, man. I, like, memorable. Is, like, to be a 19-year-old That is, like, everyone kid. would dream of that. You know, yeah, like, just yeah. bumping into Vince Vaughn. And you know what? Like, I bet he was more excited to hang out with you, big jokers. Oh, yeah. Like, where oh, yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, For I'm with sure. these guys. Then y'all wore, yeah. like... Yo, this is the guy from Rudy who was a dick to Rudy. This is the dodgeball <laughs> guy. Like, you know, like Vince freaking Vaughn. Right. But that is awesome, dude. When, he, I, when, I mean, the, when the guy said it, one of my teammates said, I can't remember who it was, but when he said it, um, Vince turned around. You know, people saying stuff to him. And once he turned around and saw it was us, like one of us that said it. Oh, he was like, oh, he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah come like, you know, he was on his way in. He was like, there with me. Come on in. Oh, sorry, I lost it here, but. <laughs> He was like, come on in. And we went in with him and like I said, just had a had a great night. It was um uh it was it was like I said, it was classic. Like I can't and then y'all um, went out and proceeded to beat the hell out of somebody. V Tech, we did. Man. They were good, they were a good team too that year yeah, too. They were um they were legit. Um, you know, they had Brian Randall and then Eddie Roy on offense and then big Jimmy Williams, who's still the biggest corner I've ever seen in my life. Um, and even for college, him being six four, like two, like two twenty at corner, even then was gigantic. unheard of. Gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, I mean, man. Oh, sorry, Riley, cut you off. No, I was I just, want... I'm just sitting here thinking I can't get over the Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn's one of my favorite <laughs> movie character actors of all time. It's like it's, there's never going to be a bad time to run into Vince Vaughn on New Year's Eve and party with him. But to do it on Bourbon Street on an undefeated season while you're in college, and you're sitting there, it's like, like you said, you got dodgeball that just came out. You got old school, all these classics. And then you're like, next thing you know, you look up and you're in the strip club popping bottles and throwing ones with Vince Vaughn. It's just like as an 18, 19, 21, whatever, however old you guys are, it's like. Iconic. It was, it was a good time. That's, yeah, that's it. That's it. So I and was going to. Oh, my bad. The end of that story is nobody missed the bus for practice the next morning. So it, Let's was, go. it was all good. Look, dude, At 7 o'clock, though, it's like 6.58. You see a group of about. 20 guys hauling ass like you know the <laughs> casino that we were down there at the hotel right by the casino so yeah. we're running back from bourbon and then it's like another group of guys running out of the you know the, the guys that are older running out of the casino hauling yeah. ass trying to get back to the bus we went out and had the, a terrible practice but nobody missed the bus so coach tub didn't whatever nobody was late we were good they said went on to you know go on the field that was just a great that 04 season was I want to say it was my funnest season ever just because it was 04 and it was college, but not playing that next championship game still kind of it's just a little bit. We get it, dude. We get it. I mean, first off, you learn how to handle your business when you're a football player, right? We don't have the liberty to go out and sleep in till noon and miss our classes. So, like, we learn, hey, if we're if you're hooting with the owls, you got to be able to soar with the eagles. Big West neighbors, baby, used to tell us all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. say that since high school. 
but we did like similar thing. We went out to bourbon in 2011. And one of the things I remember is like, we had a curfew at like two no one thirty our first night instead of no curfew. Um, but they, they let us go out. And I just remember it was like one fifteen, and we were on bourbon and we had to get like seven blocks. And then me mm-hmm. and two other teammates paid those little pedal trolleys and we had them yeah. race back for $20 for whoever won. Um, that was, who was that? That was me, Luke Muncy, and Nick Jacobs, Riley. Oh, oh what, a, what a time to be alive, man. Yeah. 20 yeah. years old, 21 years old, just living the dream. Living, living life, man. Living here life. Here we are paying yeah. taxes and raising kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things shake up pretty quick. All right, so back on a, on a more, I guess, more serious note. Um, I mean, you played with a, a lot of, like, great tackles um jason peters being one when you first got the philly i i think he's a hall of famer don't you um and just tell us that you know that experience of learning from a guy like that when you get into the league and and how valuable of an asset that was yeah man jason actually didn't get there to my second year my rookie year trey thomas and john runyon were still there so i got you my bad i was on ir in 08 and then 09 that's why like i was ir in 08 so 09 was my first year actually playing so basically i red shirted um you know in the league Mm -hmm. but um learning for i learned a lot from them even though i was all all i could do was meet and practice i mean meet and lift weights i couldn't practice or anything so i basically um followed them around for a whole year um i mean john running's pretty good guy to follow around for a year i mean he's yeah i mean i mean at yeah, at the facility and at his, you know, big farm, big house out there, the house too. But um, just, you know, I think they were in year 11 or 12 or whatever when they were there. So I just just took notes on what they did. And it's the small things they did, like around the facility, showing up early, staying late, just kind of certain things. And I just took notes on how, you know, to have a long, sustained career. Because my goal was to play 10 years. I ended up playing nine. So having them as my rookie year, and then once I actually am able to play to be able to you know, work with and work behind Jason Peters was phenomenal for me. Um, I, I definitely learned a lot um, in those two years. Um, and from Juan Castillo, shout out to Juan, the O-line coach. Um, but Jason Peters, definitely Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he's still out there playing now. He's not, you I mean, know, he's, he's not he's what like he was. But, he'll, but he, he'll never retire. Yeah, right. And it's just like to see him and then guys like Andrew Whitworth just still out there, you know, oh, yeah. playing and the game they love and just taking and still names going, too. Man. Like they're still yeah. really good players. I mean, yeah, it's, man. It's I mean, and those guys, like I said, and those guys, so they both were seniors my first year, that 03 in uh, my first year at Auburn. Whit was at LSU and Jason gotcha. Peters was playing tight end at Arkansas. That's so right. To I see was, them still out there playing. Earlier. Um, yeah. Um, my bad, but man. yeah, definitely learn. Learning from uh, Jason Peters, man, he's he's I've seen him do things that offensive linemen, offensive tackles aren't supposed to do. Uh, just being that athletic and just having such great feet. Um, obviously, me being almost a foot taller than him, like certain things I couldn't do just because I'm not built that way. But I learned to take the, some of the things that he did and apply it to my game um, and allow me to, have, you know, to, to last nine years in the league. So definitely was a blessing learning from, you know, the two. Older guys, my rookie year, and yeah. then, you know, Jason Peters coming in. It was yeah. definitely um, phenomenal for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess I got to rephrase that. Having a guy like that come in and push you to be better would have been a more appropriate uh, phrasing <laughs> of that question, really. Um, yeah. So, I got another one. So, you play with some good quarterbacks. I got to be with the Chargers, uh, what, off season of 16 with you guys. 
just like describe how advanced Philip is to even the, you know, a high caliber other NFL guy, like explain what he does every play pre-snap and just how ridiculous it is. Philip Rivers is the smartest quarterback I've ever played with when it comes to pre-snap, post-snap reading, everything. I mean, to be at the line of scrimmage in a game and hear him tell the defense what they're about to do was one of the craziest things I've I mean, ever that, experienced. That story just came out and you were on the field when that happened, right? Yeah, it did, he did it all the time. Like he watched so much film and he was so, like, everybody talks about how, you know, how smart Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and all those guys. I feel like Philip never got the credit for being the computer he is. Um, and then with, that's why he's coaching now, um, which he'll coach forever. That's what his dad did. But he never got enough credit for being the computer he is. To come up to the line of scrimmage and decipher that much information in about seven, eight seconds. And to like to hear him, like, he used to tell the defensive guys they were lined up wrong. <laughs> like, they'd come up and line up. He'd be telling, like, no, you're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be here. He's coming. And, and the guys on defense, no, 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 that's not what's happening. And he would just be like, all right. And he'd, check, you know, change the protection, check and play, and boom. And then he'd let you know, you know, I told y'all. Yeah. That's what, and then he would then he'd let, let you know, know I got you. Yeah. So it's like, I, I feel like he never got the credit for being that. After, you know, blocking for Donovan McNabb, Kevin Cobb, Michael Vick, Phillip, hands down, the funnest quarterback to block for because he's such a competitor. Um, you know, everybody, you know, they try to give him the bad rap because he talks so much. He's just talking the game and he wants to win. When Tom Brady does it, it's Tom Brady being passionate and a leader. But when Phillip did it, you know, did it, he, you know, that kind of gave him the, the Jay Cutler rap mm-hmm. about kind of being a dickhead about it when that's not, the, that's not the case at all. He's just wanting to win. He was talking the game and he doesn't cuss. Like I heard him cuss twice in four years and it was the funniest thing ever. And he didn't think anybody hurt him because he kind of went off by himself and said it under his breath. But he would he walks all the way up to the edge. <laughs> Philip walks all the way up to the edge of cussing and then like turn around, turns around and runs the other way. Um, and it's, you know, gosh, gosh dang it is his go-to. Yes. Um that dag habit. My favorite, yeah. my favorite was when he would go, oh horse mass. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who do you used to go like i think i forget what what rep it was i think it was cleet blakeman but he was like oh cleet that's horse mass and like you just got to be like is this guy a, is he in middle school like he doesn't it was even... somebody is it cleet and ron uh ron uh oh what was ron's last name and some of like so some of the refs would like some of the refs didn't like him and didn't you know, I've I've had several times on the field where I've stepped in and told the ref to shut the fuck up too. Like you just you talk, you don't talk to like that's Philip Rivers, bro. You don't talk to him. That's why I told the ref you don't talk to Peyton Manning and none of the other guys like that. Why would you be disrespectful to him? So, um, I've Ron several Porter. times a lot of referees didn't like him. So that's um, most of them did, but the few that didn't, um, they would speak up about it. And you know, having Nick Hardwick didn't take that. That's who I learned oh, that yeah. from. And it's crazy that ended up Marcus McNeil ended up blocking, you know, playing, ended up signing, you know, playing out there before I did. He got mm-hmm. drafted out there out of college. So, you know, Marcus blocking for him and then me ended up being out there blocking for him. You kind of hear the same. You hear about Philip, you know, you, you hear stories from guys who played against some of his teammates. And then to actually be in, you know, the locker room, the meeting room and on the field with them, you understand why guys played so hard for him because he's such a great leader. He's a great competitor. He works his ass off. 
and he's got a computer chip up here. Like it's plays, like he watches so much film and knows so much about these deep coordinators that we were playing something was like oh 2014 we were playing somebody he brought up a blitz that the guy ran back in college from like 1998 and we got in the game the first third down exact same blitz dude he so philip was so good man he like he could see you know stuff the o-line could see you know and like to communicate you know you got to get the call in you got to get to the line of scrimmage so you probably have like 22 seconds tops and like he could see a blitz be like hey king king out out you know he tells Mm -hmm. the o-line what to do you know, the biggest thing that I learned from him is he, he would say in practice, you know, listen to them. Home games, listen to the defensive calls. It's just like our mm-hmm. calls, right? They got – it's not much different. Like R's means blitz right, L's means blitz mm-hmm. left. And he – this dude would literally home games listen for their calls, all right? And he could process it enough to remember in the third quarter whenever it was, oh, I know what they're doing. <laughs> blue 80, blue 80, hot touchdown i mean that is just absurd and i don't know because i haven't been around the toms of the world and other guys like that but it's just hard to believe other people can process like that you know do you think yeah i never knew i think so um i mean he's top 10 in passing yards and touchdowns so i don't know how many guys that are top 10 that aren't in the hall of fame 100 percent. god it just sucks i know he doesn't couldn't couldn't get that big thing yeah what's the closest you got out there when I was there, we got to uh, closest we got was the division. We lost to uh, Denver in the divisional round the year they got thumped by the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't um, it? Wasn't they, it like uh, frozen tundra cold there when y'all went there? Yes, yeah. that was one of the coldest games I ever played in. And what sucked about that was is all five offensive linemen we all had an ankle or a knee, and playing in that kind of cold, trying to get loosened up and playing that was just. Like we didn't get loosened up till the end of the game. And, um, you know, that was just – it was a rough game, man. That yeah. it, it sucked because we had beat them during the regular season um, and then come back up there and bottle them like that. But, yeah, that's the closest we ever got. Um, and then the next year we missed uh, missed the playoffs by one game. So, it's uh, – but, yeah, Phillip, man, if he ever – he's one of those quarterbacks. All he needed was one ring. And, you yeah, know, he'd have been solidified no Hall of Famer, which I think he's a Hall of Famer without one. But – um, you know, and then you got to think about, you know, the guys he got drafted with, both of them have been two that kind of, you know, that, you know, people will knock him for that with Ben yeah. and Eli both having two Super Bowls. But yeah. to me, he's a, he's a better quarterback than both of them to me, even though they've got two rings and he does it. He's, Dude, he hot take, up, hot take from King Dunlap, people. Philip Rivers is better than Big Ben and Eli Manning. He just said it. If you don't like it, you can email me. You can Instagram me, and I will take up that fight for King Dunlap, baby. Um, hey man, Riley, let, and dude, let me know. <laughs> yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll definitely yeah. do. Hey, you Please live right down the street from me. I might have to come over there and, and say, hey, man, this dude's talking trash. Hey man, Let's go get him. Man, come to the crib. Come hang out, man. I'm here. I will. Um, Riley, dude, you got anything for Big King here? You're a former O-lineman. I know you want to get something out of this guy. Yeah, King, I was going to ask you, um, you know, go, kind of going back. First of all, hearing all those uh, – Hearing that insight about Philip Rivers and your time with the Chargers and the Eagles, that's, you know, really cool inside stories. We appreciate you sharing that with us. I want to go back, uh, maybe not talk about Bourbon Street, but talk about that 04 team a little bit more. Um, I remember that, you know, I was in, in middle school, I think, Zach. It was about the time when we were in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere in there, watching that Auburn team and, and, and you guys get robbed, you know, out of the chance. You know, if it was today's 
set up with the playoff system. You're oh, num- you're number one. Yeah, yeah you would have yeah. won, and you're a number one, number two ranked seed in the playoff system. So um, I've got you know grew up with tons of you know Auburn friends, and I rem- I remember how hurt. Uh, the Auburn whole community outside of, outside of the team in the program were about that because you, you, you were literally robbed. But going back to that season, I remember that season. You listened off those players a while ago that were, you know, six first-rounders or, or five first-rounders and six pro bowlers and, and just the talent that was on that team. And then uh, Coach Tuberville, it, he had y'all clicking. And it kind of – when you said – when you told the story, Bourbon Street – having that meeting Vince Vaughn, not having a curfew set on you, and nobody missed the bus the next morning. That kind of speaks for itself about what that team had hardwired in them, that y'all were kind of playing for each other and nobody was going to mess up what was going. Can you talk a little bit about maybe the momentum? Was it the offseason leading up to that season or in the weight room, or was it something, a game that season where it kind of all clicked and you go, oh, shit, we're bad. Like, we, we, got, we got the juice. We got the sauce. Yeah, the offseason, um, obviously you put in the work with the workouts with the weight room and the strength coach, Coach Jocks, he kicked our ass. But really the LSU game that year, um, playing them that early in the season and after beating them, we we kind of knew battling them all the way to the end and scoring kind of last second to beat that game, you know, we kind of knew we were going to be hard to beat for the rest of the year. So that game just kind of gave us the confidence and brought us a lot closer together because that was just a slobber knocker, um, yep. low-scoring game, back and forth. Um, that's one, you know, it's four, it was four games, four or five games every year back then for me that just kind of, you knew you were going to feel like shit after it was just going to be worse. It was always LSU, Bama, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, Arkansas might not have done a lot of winning, but up front for us battling those big fuckers down there was always, <laughs> always a battle. It's, but it's that, a trench game. that 04 year, yeah, that 04 year after the LSU game, you know, you know, we're not supposed to look ahead at the schedule, but we kind of look, we just kind of, after that, we were like, we're a really good team. We're going to be hard to beat. And that confidence just kept growing week after week after week. And we just kept um kept battling and, and getting after them in practice. And that's definitely, um that's, I think that game from then on, we kind of knew it set the tone for us. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, King, man, we're about running out of time for our limit, but man, I appreciate you coming on and definitely going to text you and come hang out. Probably this weekend we'll watch some college football on my my one day off. Um, So, dude, really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Quick recap of last week. What do you say, Riley? Looking back at last week, one thing that I want to talk about that's going to segue right into what we're going to talk about for this week is the Arkansas Razorbacks, man. We talked about them, and and honestly, I I told you you weren't with us last week, Zach, but – the whole week, I'm sitting there looking on the podcast last week, and I'm thinking Arkansas was playing Texas A&M in Fayetteville. I should have known better, but it, it was kind of a curveball to have a week four game that's interdivisional in the a conference game at a neutral site. But that, my friends, is the power of Jerry Jones, who is an Arkansas alum and big booster, and the owner, obviously, of the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry World and AT&T Stadium in Arlington. He brought that thing to his backyard, but Arkansas did not disappoint. Um, they played exactly how I thought they would. The three of us all had them picked in the Swirly Bowl slate last week, and they performed. They came out hot, uh, 17-0 start. KJ, he's the real deal. Traylon Burks, the real deal. Um, the offensive line, the real deal. Zach, I don't know if you got to watch any of that game. You got any takeaways from that? Yeah, I hope KJ's okay. Um, I think he is. For Yeah, this week, you know, he came back in, but – you know, guy like him, he he can't be you know moving around gingerly back there. Um, that's part of his you know game. He's you know he's got legs. Uh, 
But Duke can throw it. I think he can adapt and, and still spin it if that's what they need him to do. And when you got a guy like Burks out there, that makes your job way easier as a quarterback. So, uh, nah, man, I like Arkansas, dude. They're doing stuff that no one thought they would do with uh, Coach Pittman. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a pleasant surprise. Woo picks, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree with you that KJ, hope he's healthy and remains healthy, stays healthy. Um, he's their guy. He's awesome. I was I was impressed with uh, the backup, Malik Hornsby. Hornsby, dude. Yeah, baby uh, Lamar. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. I mean, but to come in with the poise in that game when the times when he had to come in, take care of the football for the most part, and uh, finish the job, you know, that's exciting stuff if yeah, you're man. a Pog fan. Yeah, you just, um, you know, when that situation comes, you just, you know, hey, buddy. We're going to keep it simple, throw it to the guys with the same color jersey, and we'll get out of here with a W. <laughs> no doubt. Um, UGA, Carter, sorry for your Vanderbilt Commodores. Georgia came to town and just routed Vanderbilt. We knew that was going to happen, though. Um, Georgia looks hey, good. I think, we, I think we got a first down somewhere in there. So <laughs> y'all didn't even, down, I don't even think y'all go. had 100 yards total offense. Like, I know Georgia's good, but yikes, buddy. <laughs> y'all got to figure out the quarterback yeah. situation um, hey all i gotta you know, say is uh we got better sat scores dude that's all there y'all go. got get out of <laughs> here with that um i want to talk about auburn georgia state uh yeah that was close wasn't it i mean it was it was something um i know no king was uh not all about that but like he you know like he said one or a hundred doesn't matter uh they, they pulled out late definitely think there was some home cooking but that's my opinion uh but, you know, who knows? Bo Nix, TJ Finley, we'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, again, two experienced guys. Both can win games. Now they're just both looking over their shoulder for the other guy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, what else? Dang. Uh, dude, Kentucky, USC, Riley, you're the only one who got that. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the stoops. I'm on the stoops train, baby. I'm telling you. Dude. Give us an update. What's the What's the? I think Carter caught up to me. We, oh we got yeah, new dude. updates. The The guy who played college football and in the NFL is is way behind. I got nine misses so far. Y'all got seven. Um, I'm on a one way ticket to a swirly, but I can't yeah. help it. I pick I pick with my heart. You know, I am who I am. <laughs> hey, that. Those locks will look great in the toilet flushing, brother. I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be there to hit the handle. My wife is going to walk in on me flushing the toilet with my head in it, and she, she might get papers the next day and send them over to, my, to a lawyer. I don't even have a lawyer. She'll send them to my mom. Oh, man. So, so like you said, Arkansas is a, a pretty good segue for this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, both both those games, the Auburn LSU game. To touch on the Auburn LSU game real quick, Zach, I want to ask you a question, a couple questions about the quarterback position with Auburn. Uh, King referred to it earlier, and and I couldn't agree with him more. You've got you know what seems to be a lot of guy when you look at the Auburn fan base or the Auburn faithful guys that have been on the Bo train, Bo Nix train, and, and you know riding it all the way through. He obviously, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week when you weren't with us. Bo Nix's Achilles heel, if you will has been in his career so far has been the big away games uh you know getting getting out of Auburn and going to play a big game on a big stage in a primetime light he struggled with Penn State trying to finish the game there last week we see the Georgia State game and him you know not getting it done coach has to bench him or makes the decision to bench him and put TJ Finley in there from a quarterback standpoint Zach what does that do to Bo Nix 
right now. You know, it, it, it speak. You can speak objectively here. You you get benched against a you know a, out of conference, much lesser team that you're supposed to route and handle. Um, you're not getting the job done. The guy who's been competing for your job, who transferred in from LSU and TJ Finley, comes in and gets the gets the call up. You know. What, where's Bo Nix at headwise? Where does Auburn stand? Are they done with Bo Nix? Do you think we'll continue to see him? What does Bo Nix have to do to prove that he is still the starter and still, you know, deserves playing time? Well, you know, it's happened a ton of times in football history, right? There's only two outcomes for Bo Nix. either going to jumpstart his ass and he's going to come back firing all cylinders and be focused or he's going to tank. You know, there's really no in-between uh it's kind of black and white in the football world you know you don't get the job done we got to put the next guy in and and hopefully he does now if he's worse than you maybe we'll put you back in but if he's rolling i mean that's really your college career gone right there so i mean again this is what coach harson not that you know he was hoping that bo was going to do but he foresaw potential issues so they needed to get in tj they wooed tj now you know they got a, a veteran uh, who they can plug and play. So again, it's a, it's a weird situation for sure. But again, Bo seems like a guy, you know, obviously I don't know him personally, just from seeing him, he seems like a guy who, who can rise to the challenge and will take this as motivation to get even better. Um, so we'll see. Only time will tell. He's catching a bunch of heat and, you know, I saw something, uh, on the interwebs on social media or something that said, you know, looking for Bo Nix in the transfer portal. And I just, you know, Laugh that one off. Bo Nix ain't that guy. You know, Bo Nix ain't going nowhere. He's not scared of a little competition. Yeah, he's had a couple bad outings. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think he responds well. I think he stays a big part and a leader on that team. Um, I think he continues to contribute game in and game out. I will say that I think it's not a coincidence, maybe a little bit more ironic than anything, that TJ Finley gets put in the week before they head down to Baton Rouge at Tiger Stadium. There are no coincidences. There are no <laughs> coincidences. And, uh, you know, so he's – I think we're going to see a lot of TJ um, and BR. I think that's going to be a good football game uh, for sure. Yeah, I hope TJ's ready to get booed if he goes in. That'll, you know, it'll be a good environment, and he'll be fired up if that's the case. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, real quick, let's get our picks for that game, huh? I got LSU. Yeah. You know me. I, I, you know, I pick him to win every week. I'm with you. I think Auburn's a little bit in disarray. Uh, they they had a really good chance to lose that football game uh, without pointing fingers at the referees. Auburn just you know beat themselves that entire game. And shout out to Georgia State, man. They uh, dude, they've done this before. Yeah, I know. They moving the moving the football on an SEC defense like it like it was you know meant to be. And so I'm with you. I'm I, I, LSU Baton Rouge at night. <laughs> You've been in there. I've been in there. It's a uh, it's a scary atmosphere, and if your team, if you, if you're showing any signs of weakness, that tiger is going to pounce. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing they, they drug up the tiger before everyone comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Who you got in that game, Carter? Uh, I'm going to pick LSU. I, I think uh, you know the home field advantage is is just such a big part this year, and so I'm going LSU to win over number 22 Auburn. You're damn right, Carter. See, I, I knew I liked you, man. Um, so next we got, uh, Arkansas UGA. I mean, there's some good games this week. 
we're fine. Yeah, we're finally getting into it, man. I'm we're telling in the you, the meat this, and potatoes this, of it. No doubt. This week, next week, we're about to see it. You know, on this whole stretch, conference games wise, I'm fired up about it. Arkansas Georgia is an 11 a.m. game on ESPN. Um, I guess you know, scheduling wise, they didn't they didn't anticipate this. And, and I'm gonna tell you this right now: Georgia is catching, or Georgia is taking. They're they're favored 18 and a half points in this game. I think that's too many points. I mean, I know Georgia, I said it last week, Georgia might be the best team um, in the country, even though they're, they're ranked number two as far as fully encompassed team, offense, defense, special teams, how they've handled their business and games so far. They just seem to be dominant. Now, I will say Clemson, big loss for Clemson at NC State, first time in 10 or 11 years this past weekend, takes a little bit away from that week one win, but um, not too much. Um I, I'm going to take Georgia to win the game, but I, I think Arkansas covers the 18 and a half points. I think it's a better ball game than what Vegas is predicting. Who you got, Zachariah? Uh, so like Vegas is basically saying it's going to be 21 to nothing, right? Like that's what Georgia's defense is. There, I mean, their goal is to shut you out. They might allow freaking you know 42 points this whole year. I mean, they're they're on that track, yeah. right? It's like. The LSU game or LSU teams of the late 2000s, you know, the Nick Saban's through through the you know tens. Uh, I mean, they're scary good. So uh, uh, I'm gonna take Georgia. I mean, I just I like KJ, I like his game, but they're gonna. I think they, you know, they need a miracle to move the ball against these guys. Georgia went into Vanderbilt, and I think Vanderbilt put a pretty good fight. You know, all things considered, kind of tired those guys out. That being said. Georgia still gets the win over Arkansas, but I do not think that Arkansas covers the. Uh, I think Arkansas covers the, the spread there. I think it's going to be a little closer than yeah um, than what Vegas. they're predicting. Yeah. All right. So then that leads into UT Mizzou. Um, Hooker has been playing better. UT Mizzou. Um, Basilak spends it. He's steely eyed. I got Mizzou. I'm taking them. Yeah. I like them. They're at home. Yeah. Let's go. They showed Mizzou showed a lot of fight in that Boston College game. I had to go back and watch it. Um, they still lost, but came back to take it to OT. Yeah, Basilak can spin that thing. He he is fun to watch. I'm gonna say this about Tennessee. I said it last week on the podcast, Zach, uh, for Tennessee to come out. I predicted Tennessee to come out hot and fast in the Florida game, which they did. Um, a dropped pass led to a momentum on fourth down led to a big momentum shift in that game. I I, I called Florida winning the game, but. Uh, Tennessee is impressing me more and more each week with Heupel bringing in the pace and Hooker playing better. Uh, they've got some playmakers on offense. Their defense has got to figure some things out. Their defense is, is flying around the field. They're just not tackling. Um, I'm going to ride with the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, I think it's I think it's a time that they, they go and get a road win in the conference uh, after showing improvement, and they're, they're tired of losing these games. And I think they piece one together and, and – beat Missouri. I think they score more points. I think it's going to be a shootout. I'm, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Tennessee. Don't tell anybody. That hurts you. <laughs> yeah, that was painful for that to even come out of your mouth. <laughs> but I mark it down. Tennessee, it's on the books. Um, God, could they have chosen a brighter color of orange? I don't think it is possible. Who's next on the slate, Zach? Oh, dude, this is your boys. This is, I mean... Great, great weekend of games, but again, you know, anytime Alabama's playing somebody, that it kind of turns into the game of the week, and they got you know, old piss. You know, yep. you can you can beat cancer, but a lost old Miss lasts forever. 
Tommy Moffat told us that. Um, but I, I am split on this, dude. I am so split. I might have to listen to y'all's picks before I decide on my picks. So, Riley, help Fair me enough. out, dog. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give a two-minute rundown here, this two-minute drill. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> you got Lane Kiffin coming back to Tuscaloosa. Lane Kiffin, who's been talking noise about NIL deals and transfer portals and Alabama's stacked roster. Lane Kiffin's got some talent on his team. He knows it. I believe Matt Corral is the best quarterback in college football. There's a reason why he's the Heisman favorite, the numbers he's putting up. He's a leader on the field. Lane Kiffin has got Saban's number. He's had it, and he knows how to push his buttons. He knows both metaphorically and in in a football game. He's going to come into this game. They're going to get the they're going to try to get the football first. They're going to try to score early and often. The over under in this game is set at 70 and a half. Take the over. I think this game's going to end up being a 48 to 45, 48 to 41 game. There might be 100 points scored in this game. Ole Miss is getting 14 and a half points, which is absurd. Um, in these high-scoring games, those points aren't valued as much. It's more of like a five or six-point spread there because a touchdown can be scored before – two touchdowns will be scored by the time you take a piss and get a Coke and a bag of popcorn and get back to your seat. So <laughs> it's a game you don't blink in. Alabama coming off a big win. They got everything clicking last week against an easy opponent in Southern Miss who, who's really not good. Uh, but Alabama looked good, spreading the ball out, getting the ball deep. They had some big – special teams plays two special teams touchdowns from uh, Jamison Williams Ohio State transfer I think Alabama wins this game late and in dramatic fashion on CBS on Saturday afternoon I think Ole Miss covers the 14 and a half I'm taking Ole Miss in the over Alabama wins the game that was that two minutes was that less than two minutes oh, yeah. I mean you just yeah. operated a Aaron Rodgers two minute drill you had two <laughs> minutes but you scored in freaking a minute 12 you scored too fast now the other team got the ball yeah I felt like uh, Will Ferrell from old school there when he's going through and he's just <gasps> and he, and he like falls out he's like what just happened I blacked out <laughs> oh my god you're all time there right guy uh all right what do you got what do you got carter alabama <laughs> so he agreed no i'm sitting here i'm like hey i gotta get back in this dead gum competition somehow I like corral he's what zero turnover so far this year i think i know he has no picks i wonder about fumbles but look this is a guy who yeah, was no like Jameis Winston last year. I mean, he he was a 30-30 guy last year. I mean, he's coming out. And again, they haven't played, you know, the toughest opponents yet. I'm sure Lane hasn't showed his wrinkles that he came up with in the offseason. Like you said, man, he knows the weaknesses of Saban. They work together. Kiffin's a brilliant guy, regardless of what you think about him. Um, I'm taking Ole Miss. Why not? I'll swirly myself if they lose. I don't care. Let's go Ole Miss. <laughs> I don't hate that pick at all, man. They've done it before. When, when was it? 2015 or 16? They came in and beat. It was when uh, Chad Kelly bounced one off of a – threw it off his back foot, getting sacked, and bounced it off a defender's helmet, and Laquan Treadwell took it to the crib. They they upset Alabama bigger that year. They weren't supposed to be in that game. Uh, or it might have been about the same spread. But, yeah, he's done – Kiffin can do it. Uh, Ole Miss has done it before. That, was, uh, that wasn't Kiffin who was coaching that last Ole Miss team. But Kiffin – Kiffin's got the number, man. I'm telling you. Watch out. It's a nerve-wracking game to be a Tide fan. I know that. And um, it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be a shootout and it's going to be who has the ball last, you know. Going to be a whole lot of tight buttholes and 
Tuscaloosa. All right, going to Troy, South Carolina. Uh, I mean, dude, this one is like, this is a pick em right here. Like, I don't know. USC looks okay at one moment. Not great again. Zeb, yeah. my boy Zeb, got benched. Luke Doty's back. You know, he's going to have to get the rust off from the ankle injury. And Troy, you never know, dude. They beat LSU a couple years ago. <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? But I'm taking the Cox. Let's go. Yeah, I, I agree with you. South Carolina, and the fact that South Carolina has been, you know, they've shown signs. Um, so far this year, they've shown they've shown signs of being able to get it done, and they've had, like you said, your boy Zeb Nolan gets injured or gets benched, whatever. They got Luke Doty coming back, still yeah. not at a hundred percent. But um, I think that SEC football, you know, I'm taking South Carolina with you. A home game, they're favored seven points. I'm not going to bet on it, but the Gamecocks get it done. This is this is one to stay away from, everyone listening. Yeah, it's just a just a boring game, and it's at the same time as the Bama Ole Miss game. <laughs> oh my god carter let's hear it all right uh i'm two for two uh with my trusty eight ball so Ooh, let's give it, it a spin let's bring give it a spin out. i'm gonna ask the eight ball here uh is south carolina gonna win this football game contacting the oracle you may rely on it okay so you're taking Eight Carolina. Spoken. I'm going to take Carolina to win. I think they cover the spread. Uh, let's go. <laughs> That's what I do. When I just like forget what I was going to say next, just throw out a let's go. Yeah, you can't go wrong <laughs> with it. Let's go. Next up, and- we got Florida go- Florida going to Kentucky, and I'm not getting off of my Mark Stoops train. I'm telling you right now, I'm not getting off of it until it They're until 4-0, it stops. dude. When until was the last it time that I'm not, I'm not getting off of it. So I'm taking Kentucky plus the eight points as the underdog at home in Lexington. I'm taking Kentucky to upset Florida, shake up the East, um, let Dan Mullen down. Um, I am going to say this real quick. I've been hard on Emory Jones this year on this show so far. Emory Jones played his ass off last week. Uh, Emory Jones was – he did – I've been kind of leaning on – Anthony Richardson, AR-15, when are we going to see him? When is he going to get that hammy healthy? He's going to be the guy. It's not EJ anymore. Emory Jones has stepped into his role as a leader on that football team. He ran for over 140-plus yards and or threw for other, over 140 and ran for 100 or vice versa. He went off. Went, he did, where is it? 21-27, yeah. 209, two touchdowns, 15 runs, 144 yards. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a ball game right there. Golly, know? what else can you ask a guy to do? And that's that's what they want them to do. And look, you know, again, it takes some guys to settle in to to, you know, taking on the burden, you know, carrying the load of being a quarterback in the SEC. You know, it's not well. Like, his expect we set his expectations. We did, did media. Did. Everybody did coming after Kyle Trask like that. You know, everybody set his expectations so high, and so he's having to deal with that. I think he's finding his way. I think it is comforting for Florida to have. Anthony Richardson as your backup. The kid's yeah. going to be a stud. He is a stud. But I don't care. I'm taking the Kentucky Wildcats. Who you got, Zach? You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take. Uh, it's tough. Gators on the road. Kentucky's hot. I mean, this Kentucky team, like, dude, I used to love Kentucky when they had Andre Woodson. That dude was my favorite quarterback. All right, throwing it to Dicky freaking Lions, unbelievable team. All right, Stevie Johnson out there too. I mean. 
high flying the Wildcats were, and they're kind of back. But I'm taking Florida, man. You know, Emory's stepping up. I think he's a great player. Having, you know, everyone, he heard everyone. I don't know if he listens to the show, but he heard us. He knows everybody was talking about that guy and saying, oh, man, we need to get rid of And he came out and was like, look, you guys shut up. I'm the guy, all right? Yeah. The longer that that uh, Richardson's out with that hammy, I mean, the better for Emory. He doesn't necessarily have to look over his shoulder as much because that guy's he can't get the reps. He's not necessarily going to go in the game because he's not healthy enough. So he gets to play a little more free, right? He makes a mistake. He doesn't worry about here comes that guy. So I'm sticking with Florida. Go Dan Mullen and the Gators. Yeah, I think Florida heads into Kentucky, and I think the Gator bites. You know what Florida fans hate? So you know they do the Gator chomp with their arms? If you just do it with your index uh, finger and thumbs, you need your fingers. Little baby gators, dude, they hate it. Like it's, I don't baby get it. Gators. Mississippi baby State, chomp, if you chomp, like chomp. score a touchdown and you ring the, a fake bell, oh, dude, you might as well call someone's mother a c word. Florida fans also don't enjoy. They don't like the bottom half of their blue jeans. You know, they just wear those cut off right there with the frayed. <laughs> Gators wear jean shorts, man. That is a fact. The jorts. The jorts. Um, okay, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> next up, speaking of the cowbells, we got Mississippi State going to Aggie Land College Station, playing number 15-ranked Texas A&M team who just lost to Arkansas, um, as we all predicted last week, and has not shown a dominant performance to date uh, besides the Kent State game they ran away with but didn't even come out hot in that one. Who you got here, Zach? What do you expect to see? Texas A&M's rolling, right? This Jimbo's whatever year. they I mean, they had Kellen Mond for how many years, right? Now they got a new guy coming in. Everyone's like, oh, they got to go undefeated. They couldn't go undefeated with Kellen Mond, right? So the expectations definitely set really high for, for Jimbo and that team. Your trigger man gets hurt. You're back to Calzada. You know, I think he showed a little bit, but, I mean, really he showed why he wasn't chosen as a starter. Um <laughs> So, with that being said, until they can get a confident trigger man, hopefully, you know, if Calzada comes out this weekend and shuts my ass up, I'm good with that. I love that. But I'm taking Mississippi State. I'm picking wow. I'm picking Leach every week, baby. Um, wow. I love it. I mean, again, I don't think Texas A&M can score enough points, right? Everyone's like, oh, Mississippi State's got no defense. Well, they can score points, right? They can score a lot of points. So, yeah. If this team's not scoring points, I don't, you know, I don't care how good your defense is. I mean, Leach is gonna, he's gonna get some on you. So I'm taking, I'm taking the pirate. All right, I like that. That's a hot take. Um, you know, I'm gonna say this about Mississippi State. They have, I think, two out of the past three weeks, they have come back from two score down two scores or more uh, in the second half, late in the third, late in the fourth quarter. Um, to either get a win or play in the ball game, like the LSU game, they're down fourteen or seventeen points, second half, come back, make it a ball game, end up losing by three late. But Mississippi State's going to have to come out firing all cylinders early in this game. They can't, they can't go to halftime with three or seven points like they've been doing and trying to make all that up in the fourth quarter because a Texas A and M defense ain't going to let that happen. But Texas A and M goes to halftime with a lead. Um, Jimbo and Texas A&M's defense is one of those teams where if they're up by a couple scores at halftime, they're not going to let you back in that in that football game on offense. So I think if Mississippi State is going to get it done and you're going to win that pick, Zach, I think they got to come out and, and grab a lead early and put up some of those points early on Texas A&M. I think this is a the proof's in the pudding game for Texas A&M and the Aggies. 
uh, back at home, SEC West game. Jimbo's got pressure on them. Um, the team's got pressure on them to do better. Um, I'm taking the Aggies to beat Mississippi State. I think uh, Mississippi State is going to spoil that pudding, man. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are they going to spoil it? Like, what? How do you spoil pudding? Oh, you put it in salt. Oh, uh, you're going to put salt. Sweat, tears. Salt in the snack pack. Yeah, that's gross. Blood, sweat, and tears in the pudding. That'll oh, spoil it. Oh, hepatitis. See you later. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Um, all right. Last oh, Carter. Game. We got the, the, the Yukon Huskies in. <clears throat> game of the week. <clears throat> yeah, the game of the week. <laughs> this, this is a battle of two programs that are just on the outskirts of being competitive. Um, UConn's 0-5, Vanderbilt's 1-4. This is going to be a showdown. I don't know. I, I want to know what the over-under is on how many ass hits the seats. How many tickets are going to be sold to this game? Exactly. There's going to be more people in attendance at your home, your high school's homecoming game Friday night than there's going to be at uh, the Dude, Vandy UConn game. That, that, may, I, that, I, may I be, that may be true. I mean, like you said, Vanderbilt's usually a place where it's a destination game. For SEC fans, I don't know how many, you know, these Yankees from Connecticut are going to come down. I'm sure some, but it's not like they got a gigantic fan base, right? It's a basketball school and and more so it's a women's basketball school. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. This is like, I might watch this game just because it's going to be a just great as, one. Just to say you like, did. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's going to be a great one. You know, I'm thinking like nine to six LSU Alabama game 2011, you know. Yeah. There's going to be 200 total yards, both teams. Uh, I'm going to take Vandy. Why not? Here's their quarterback stats. I just had to look this up. Uh, the UConn's, quarter, UConn's quarterback on the season has thrown for 280 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. Vandy's quarterback, Seals, has thrown for 561 yards, three touchdowns, and four picks. Both of the team's leading rushers have one touchdown on the season. Dude. So, yeah, it's an under party. Right, I'm taking so. Vandy. I don't know why, but I'm taking Vandy. <laughs> SEC, right? I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll pick the card. Yeah, SEC. Yeah, I was sticking with you the brand. Were, dude, you're not lying. Like, look, last week they split their quarterbacks, all right? They had 77 total yards as an offense. Seals threw for 24 yards on 18 attempts. Sheesh. So, Oof. again – Gotta get some not a game you want to watch. Not a game you want to watch. It's gonna be some good football. Don't you worry. So we'll see, though. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, obviously, I'm picking Vandy for this one. Um, I'm not going to be at the game per se, but I think uh, Vandy's going to pull out the win. Fairweather fan. (laughs) It's it's going to be nice outside, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You'd rather you'd rather go rooftop bar hopping than go see your alma mater play football. I get it, dude. Riley, did uh, you take you said, took uh, Vandy? Yeah, I gotta get yeah, this. I'm a, yeah, I'm a Vandy. Yeah, no, we're Vandy. going all across. Yeah, we're all three on Vandy here. We're going Anchor across down. the board. SEC, Anchor, Anchor down. There, you know what? I feel like since we all picked them, this is, they might get upset by the for team. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. I hope not. <sighs> I hope not. Um. Well, what else we got on the docket, guys? We just went through our recap. Just went through our picks for the week. Had King on. Man, King was awesome. Big shout out to King. Um, thanks for coming on, sharing some NFL insight. It was you know really cool to hear. Um, so about Philip Rivers, 
you know, and you got you guys going back and forth, kind of talking about both your experiences in San Diego, his experience on that 04 Auburn team, that 04 Auburn team, man, I'll never forget that team. Um, they had, that was, you know, the bowl series and they had, they got robbed that, that they were the best team in the country for sure. And, um, but that was, that was really cool. And then I'm so jealous that he got to ring in a new year with Vince Vaughn. Vince, I don't know if you're listening, but Rye guy <laughs> wants to go to hustler. No, Vince. I'll go to, I'll go to subway with the guy. It didn't have to be, I didn't, we don't, it didn't have to be in a strip club. Hey, he'll come down to Huntsville and he'll go to the pink pony with you. And Vince, let's hit up Quiznos. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. I'll go. I'll go anywhere with Vince Vaughn, dude. But um, I wasn't lying, man. King, seriously, he that brought dude, it. That dude was an awesome interview, man. And I wasn't lying, dude. My first day at San Diego, that dude was honestly the nicest dude that I ever met. Day one, walking to the locker room, a vet talking to some idiot with long hair like me was awesome. Very inviting. I mean, all time guy, all time guy. Very glad we had him. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Tune in next week. Follow us on our social media, uh, the Instagrams and the, and the Twitters and the Facebookies. And, uh, you know, put it on the line. Uh, put it on the ne- line. <laughs> see you next week. Let's go watch some American football. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.